Welcome to the Old Souls and Seekers podcast brought to you by Satori Prime. If you're anything like us, you've been around and around the personal development and mindset block quite a few times. You've read the books, watched the videos, attended the seminars, and even worked with a coach or two, and yet you still find yourself searching for more. You may even feel stuck or that you should be farther along than where you are right now. And after doing over a decade of mindset work, we've come to this realization. Mindset work is like a small hit of dopamine that distracts you from your true work. You get these little hits of feeling better only to be met with the same underlying conditions and patterns over and over again. Now, mindset was an important part of your evolution as well as ours, but it hits a plateau and now you find yourself ready for that deeper layer of growth and expansion. If you're listening to this podcast, then you're ready to get off that Ferris wheel. This podcast is only for those that are ready to dive deep and do the real inner healing work. For those that are ready to move past more information into actual experiences. If you're looking for more understanding, then you've come to the wrong place. This is a home for old souls ready to fully embrace and remember who they truly are. Ready to make a profound difference in their lives and in the lives of others. So welcome home, dear one. We're excited to be part of your journey. So uh, welcome everybody to uh, today's podcast recording. I'm gonna sit, a little, I'm a little under the weather. Um, and uh, we're, for some reason we're both wearing black today, very ominous. It's that kind of day. It's funny how your mood will direct you to a clothes to wear. So like, you know what it is? I thought more that I came down here to actually record some other videos and I was like, oh, I'm just going to wear this shirt. It's like my my shirt, my recording video shirt because it's uh, because it makes you look thin. Uh, I just also think that uh, black shirts with videos tend to work a lot better than light shirts. Contra- contrast helps. That's right. That's right. That's right, guy. That's right. That's right, guy. That's right, guy. So, um, yeah, so we thought uh, Elon uh, Elon made a, a transition in the amount of uh, cycles he's done around our, our lovely son, at least in this body. Yeah. And so uh, I thought we would take an opportunity to uh, interview this man. I, I know him. I know him, but um, maybe not. Maybe not anymore. Maybe now that he's transitioned, <laughs> maybe he's a different person by now. Anything. Look, I'm open to all possibilities. But maybe at 40, like you French dip, and you nope. know that's that it. Didn't happen yet. We won't even explain what that means. No, nope. you guys look. You guys Google French dip and uh, report. Is that an actual term? I think it was Did also. I have a weird feeling too. That was like it was. A, I think it was a Robin Williams. That was some comedy skit that comedy we watched. Skit. And it was probably with Billy Crystal on stage when they used to do the old, uh, that comedy thing where they would raise money with him and Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, yeah, yeah. Could be. That seems very vulgar for that, that event, though. Oh, you don't remember that event. They were extremely vulgar at that event. They would come out, and I was like, wow, these people are dirty. <laughs> like, I was young, and, I, and Billy Crystal had this like squeaky clean image. And then like before you know it, they're all like between Whoopi's legs. Like, that, that I remember. That's one of the few scenes I remember where they were like talking like her vagina. vagina yeah, exactly. Yeah, they were vulgar. Anyway, so this uh, super valuable podcast that we're recording here. <laughs> I promise we're going to get into it. Good, good luck, editor. 
Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, I thought we would take an opportunity here because uh, like, like every decade kind of has its own flavor. Um, it's things that you focus on, things that seem to be important to you. Elon is uh, not just going through uh, a big age transition right now, if you want to call it that. Uh, that sounds terrible. He's going through an tr- age transition. Like, it, like it even matters. <laughs> like, like hitting forty even matters. I don't know why we we accumulate this value to a particular decade. Like, it's all not just one thing. Like, like if we didn't have ages, you know, this is interesting. Like, if we didn't have age, right? Like, you'd still have defining characteristics of a human being. Like, how would we interpret age without a number? Go tell everybody. Uh, well, I think the first thing, the first like big marker would definitely be kind of like puberty, right? So there'd be like this train. Well, it would probably be like pre-walking, then walking. Right. And then probably into like puberty where your body would like physically change. Um, yeah. And then after that, I mean, like, I don't even know how we would. I mean, I, I could t- I could say in today's world, but I'm trying to think like kind of like when we were just, you know, cavemen and women, what would we look for? I so guess like, it, would, it would seem to me we'd, we'd probably treat it like seasons. You know, it's like, oh, the leaves are starting to fall. Oh, it's starting to get cold in the air. We would have these like, oh, they're growing hair under their armpits. Like, you know, hair, hair, yeah, season, right. And then it's like, oh, the beard yeah. season this for men, obviously here. Um to say some weird stuff over there about women leave that off the table um but yeah so yeah it would be like seasonal right anyway so elon's entering his what we call now the 40s season and uh like i remember for me but before i ask you questions here <clears throat> like when i was in my 20s i would look back to towards my teens and when i was like 25 years old i used to reminisce about how i thought about 25 year olds when i was like 17 years old and i'm like god those people are so old like Ew, you know, ugh, they're, but they like, I thought they knew something. Then I became 25. I'm like, I don't know anything. Like, why, did, why did I ever think these people were old? I'm like, this is ridiculous. I'm like, uh, I feel younger now than I did at 17. Cause I think at 17, you think you know something at 25, you realize, you know, nothing. <laughs> so you're like, I'm a to- I'm lost in this space. And then you think you're supposed to like know who you are by the time you're in your twenties. But as I like rounded towards 30, I thought to myself, I'm like, man, I just spent that whole decade really figuring out who I was. And in my thirties, I started feeling like I knew who I was. Um, you know, that's, that's grown. So, so I'm wondering like, what is that reflection now being 40 years old? Um, that maybe you had like preconceptions about it when you were 20 or 30 years old, that now you're there and it's, it seems a little different maybe. Yeah. It seems a lot different. I, uh, I'll say like on a physical front, one of the biggest things I remember, and this was actually, uh, do you remember Luke? Uh, I don't remember the last guy's name, but the guy that the postcards guy. Do you remember we learned from yeah, him? Yeah, from yeah. Okay. I do, yeah. So he had posted a picture when we were just so we must have been like I must have been like 30, 31, whatever. And I remember he posted a picture side by side of himself at 30 and he had just turned 40 or it was like 32 and 42, whatever it was, it was like 10 years apart. And uh, he was in better shape at whether it was 40 or 42, I remember he had like a topless shirt on and he had abs and the whole thing. And I vividly remember, I actually messaged him thanking him for that picture because I vividly remember thinking 
that once I hit 40, like all this body stuff and like being super fit and having abs and like all that stuff, I just figured by like the time I'm 40 up until I saw that picture that it just goes bye-bye. Yeah. Cause everyone that I've ever looked at, like everyone in my circle that ever turned 40 were like dad dads, you know, they were like, they had some gray hairs on them. They were already kind of like their body was letting go. Like they might've been in shape, but they didn't have six pack abs, you know? Yeah. And, and this guy posted this picture and I remember sitting there going like, wait, shit, that's possible. Like, I just actually remember that feeling of like my brain restructuring. Um, and you know, I, I actually took a picture of myself on my 40th birthday working out and like, best shape. I mean, literally other than my knee, which right now is kind of still going through a healing process. Like I'm in the best physical shape of my entire life. I'm more flexible than I've ever been. I'm stronger, not in like the, you know, I can like do a 400 pound squat stronger, but like stronger in all the ways that I want my body to be stronger to do the things that I wanted to do for an extended period of time. Um, and now there's this new, well, he's not new, but there's an actor, uh, Frank Grillo, I believe his yeah. name is. And he's, um, I saw him first in billions, but he's been in a bunch of stuff. He was been in like some superhero movies and whatever. And the dude is 56 and ripped. I mean, at, he has pictures of himself at 56 and he looks better than he did at 42. Yeah. So again, just like I saw that and I was like, Oh, so it doesn't need to end at 50 or 60 or even 70. Like in my head, the, 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 the idea of letting any of this go quote unquote is gone. Like I'm, I will have this body forever. I just, that's what I'm committed to. So I wonder, so I wonder if like that, that, that process of degeneration, let's call it, or like the way that people allow their bodies to go or their mentality to go, what do you attribute that to a lack of discipline? Do you think it's, I mean, look, there, there's obviously physical aspects, right? Like totally the body's gone through its dings and, and whatnot. But like, again, like, most adults are not actively stretching and because they, when they were kids and they were kind of like naturally flexible, they didn't build that habit. You become an adult. If you don't build that habit, it's like anything else, right? If you build a bad food habit, you're going to be fat. If you keep drinking, like your liver's only got like so much it can do, uh, you know, um, is that, is that what you would attribute it to? I can attribute it to a few things. Uh, first and foremost, I think there's a mindset, right? So like even what I said, so I, Wayne Dyer always used to say that there was this study done that um, they found the greatest factor in how people were in their seventies was how they thought they were going to be at 70 when they were 20, 30, 40, 50, and 60. So like your outlook on how you're going to be. So in fact, like I think because just like I thought, I don't think that it was like a unique thought to me that at 40, you know, like you're a dad, you're settled down, you got nothing to prove to no one. And it's just like, whatever, you know, like I don't need the six pack apps. Sure. And I think that kind of equates to it. I think a lot of people, you know, I play tennis regularly. You and I work out regularly. I think like people get older and motivation gets harder, doing things gets harder. Like your body doesn't do the same things. I think for a lot of people, it's, uh, they go to the gym, they try to do those things that they did in their twenties and they, it doesn't quite work because no fucking shit. Like your body's not supposed to do those things. 
Um, but they, it's like disheartening and it's discouraging. And then they just kind of like stop this and stop that and stop. And the next thing you know, it's like, you know, it's like that slippery slope. You don't make it to the gym for a year. It's very difficult to make it back to the gym. So I think there's a mental aspect of it. Um, I think there's just a cultural aspect to it as well, which is like, you know, you look around, yeah, you look around like everyone else is that. So it's like, you're not like, Oh, I look real bad. It's just, Oh, I'm at this stage. So I think that has to do with it. I think the body as we've been discovering, you know, changes immensely in what it wants in what it needs in what it responds to and what it doesn't respond to. I don't think people have enough awareness around their own bodies to make the changes. I mean, back to you, like the workouts you do today, are they vastly different than the workouts you did 10 years ago? Yeah. But you know, I think again, like I would attribute my evolution in every area of life to my evolution of my mindset and my emotional set. Like if I was static in how I felt like I, I'll be perfectly honest. Like I I'm in shape because I have vanity. <laughs> like I, I do like I, I, yeah. I there's, a, there's an element of vanity. Some of it is probably healthy. Some of it is probably not. There's even some body shaming that goes on from time to time. Like have a weekend where I'm eating too many sausages by the end of the weekend. I'm like, what is this fat lump around here? Right? Like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm feeling too full, but like, like uh, even the amount of food that I could eat between when I was younger and now is totally different. If I would have continued with a mindset that it's okay to consume calories in the way that I was, and it wasn't even healthy when I was a young person, I weigh a lot less today than I did. I weigh now about the same that I weighed probably towards the end of high school. Right. Um, but again, like I've learned how to eat better. I've learned how to exercise in ways that don't, doesn't damage my body, like all these things. But if I was static and I'm like, the way to lift is the way you lift. Like you squat, you do uh, push-ups. I mean, uh, whatever. I don't even remember what it's called anymore. Cause I don't do them. Yeah. Uh, bench presses, um, stuff like that. Then yeah. I, I again, like you said, there'd be like, Oh, I'm, I, I could no longer bench 200 pounds. Oh, what was me? You know? And I, and eventually you just stop doing the action. And of course I, I do see that a lot, you know, like ha- habits are habits, right? For those of us that like to remain active, like I, I feel healthier, healthier, not just physically, but emotionally about how I feel about myself, how I feel with my body, uh, men in general, little boys to older men. We just want to feel strong. Like I hear dad complain about it all the time. Oh, I'm not as strong as I used to be. I'm like, yeah. Cause oh, you're, yeah. Well, you're the way that you work out hasn't evolved in 40 years. Like you do exactly the same shit you used to do most of the, most of the time. So yeah, I mean, I, I think all that is, is true, but, um, I think that's part of having a growth or a fixed mindset. If you have a fixed yeah. mindset, then you do things in a fixed way. And then of course, like life is going to change. You're going to be dis- disappointed. You don't have the same skill sets. Yeah. And also I think something that I've just noticed that I have that, um, I've had for a long time, people call it willpower, people call it whatever, but like even Stuart, Stuart Ross used to say this thing where it's like, you set baselines for yourself, right? Like I still wear jeans that I wore in college. I still wear shirts that I wore. Like I can fit into all that stuff for me. The second that I, and this hasn't really happened, but like if I get bigger to the place where I can't wear those things anymore, that's not like a new signal for me. Like, Oh, it's time to buy new clothes. You don't fit in those anymore. It's like, 
No, it's time to adjust what you're doing yeah. <laughs> that, that you get there. Like that's the baseline. Like it, that it doesn't waver, you know? So, and that's just my thing. But beyond that, here's what I want to say. Like, I do think that there's a mental aspect to feeling well, like, like a whole thing. And this is, this is what I, I shared with God before we even got on. Like everyone's been asking me, you know, what do you want for your, uh, what do you want for the new decade? What do you want for the new decade? And I, I think if someone would have asked me this even 10 years ago, my response would have been so different. But today it's so simple. And it like, when I, when I say it to people, they kind of, I think they want more, but I'm going to say it and then I'm going to explain like why this is what I want. And it's so important to me. Okay. I just want to keep embodying and stabilizing well-being, safety, and support in my system. Define define that for people because it's well That's it's right. well yeah. defined for, you, for them. Yeah, and so what the work that Guy and I have been doing over the last four or five years that we've inviting been inviting our clients to to partake in, etc., has really revolutionized the way I view setting goals what I want, et cetera. And what my experience over the last, let's say three, four, five years has been the more safety is in my internal system, right? Like we have a fight or flight system, so a sympathetic parasympathetic system, the more my system's in a relaxed state, the less triggered I am, the less stress is on my body, uh, the more alive I feel, the more energy courses through me, uh, the better I can show up as a father, as a husband, as a brother, as a son, as a coach and mentor to others, right? Like all of those things are wrapped in when you feel good, you can be good out there. So once I started to play with this and realize this, and it's like the more I settled into everything that's happening outside that makes me uncomfortable or creates some sort of discomfort inside, I no longer give a shit about changing it out there. I just don't. It's simply this signal. It's like a, an alarm clock goes off and the alarm clock signals for Elon to go inside and find more deeper levels of safety, deeper levels of well-being, deeper levels of support. And what I found is as I do that, the external situations work themselves out. You know, so guy was talking about like a transition, the transition that I think he was talking to was uh, the fact that I am moving uh, at the end of July to Florida. So we're basically closing a chapter. My wife and I have been here at this house now. It will be for 13 and a half years. And we're literally closing that book and putting it on a shelf and traveling south and starting something new. And for a lot of people, while they look at that and they're like, oh my God, that's amazing. Like, I would love to do that. And then my next question is always like, what's stopping you? And then come the, you know, the litany of excuses, right? Like all the things. And so a friend of ours, took us to the side on my birthday and he goes, I got to tell you, like, I know everyone around you is sad and, and I totally understand that. 
he goes, but I just want to tell you, like, in order to do something like you're doing, takes so much stability to be able to even take that step. So a lot of people talk about it and want to do it, et cetera, but they're so fucking scared to take that step. So he goes, the fact that you guys are able to do what you're doing right now speaks so much to who you are as people, who you are as a couple, who you are as a family, et cetera. And I sat there and I was like, damn, like I couldn't believe that someone from the outside could even perceive that. And that all comes from what I was talking about. Like I didn't plan that move. It wasn't on my vision board. It wasn't even on like, it wasn't even on my fucking radar. My cousin was here. She goes, what happened? She goes, every time I asked you about moving to Florida, you were like, fuck no, I hate Florida. And I did. But being there in that we, we lived there for like two months, right. During, during the winter. And like, it changed everything, you know, and I'm not fixated on like, this is how life is. And this is my opinion. And this is the only way. And I have to be right about it. Like I was there and I was fucking happy. I looked at my wife. She was happy. My kids are happy. I was like, let's go look. That was it. You know, it was that simple because again, going back to what I said earlier, like when there's safety internally and you don't look for safety by what's happening outside of you, right? Like if I said to you right now, Hey, I'm going to uproot your life. Your house is gone. Your potential for income is going to change. Like everything is going to be uprooted. That is going to send your system into an absolute tizzy. And it did for me too. However, I know how to like give that self, give that sense of safety, give that sense of well-being internally. So my system can relax and every time it does that, it's almost like the rubber band expand, expands, right? Like what it's capable of holding safety and stability and well-being through just gets expanded. And because of that, what I'm noticing is my life just keeps expanding. And it expands so effortlessly and easily. When I tell you like the magic that has taken place in order to get us to Florida, it's insane. It's just absolutely insane. Yeah. And so in a time where those kind of things are actually rather difficult for people, like absolutely. transition. I mean, uh, when I'm talking about specifically like real estate and buying and yeah. selling and stuff like that right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's just been absolutely like this, like magical effortless ride where everyone around us is like, wow. My, my friend from out here goes, his wife wanted to, to do something. And he's like, just do what Elon does. Ask the universe. And I was like, I was kind of chuckling, but I was like, it's amazing that other people look and see how effortless it is for me because it really is. And so this is what I would just, I want to say like in my thirties, well, I spent my twenties into kind of like my mid thirties in the world of wanting to understand everything. I wanted to understand how the world operates. I wanted to understand how I operate. I wanted to understand how other people operate. Like it was all in this mental, I wanted information to figure out how everything works. Yeah. And I think a lot of people like it's engaging, it's interesting, it's fascinating. And I think a lot of people get stuck in that world. Um, when we started doing plant medicine, I think that was kind of the first time that someone snapped me out of this world of like mental and understanding and into something 
so beyond. I could not like the brain just could not. It was, it was the most profound experience and the brain could not make sense of any of it. Like it could not understand how it happened, why it happened, how this tied to this, but it was just so powerfully true. Yeah. That it, I couldn't argue with it. It wasn't like, Oh, because I can't understand it. It's not real. It was more real than anything I've ever experienced. And I could not explain any of it. And I think that was the first time where I was like, okay, there's way more to this than understanding. And that I think kind of started to take us down this path of energetics and somatic work and the, you know, internal family system stuff that we do, like all that kind of world. And now as I transition into this new decade, <clears throat> I'm so not interested in understanding anymore. Like I really don't give a shit. I don't give a shit how things work. I don't give a shit why they work. I don't give a shit why people work or don't. I honestly don't care about any of it so much. What I am so drawn to is feeling things, accepting things and allowing things. I, uh, I said to my coach and I've even shared it with some of my clients. I'll share it with you guys. Like we live in a world as humans where the things that are going well in our lives, we want to hold on to, and we want to hold on to them forever. And the things that don't go well or like are upsetting to us, we want to push away. The more of this work, the more stability, the more well-being, the more safety is in the system, what you gain the capacity to do is to be with everything. Be with sad, be with happy, be with frustrated, be with angry, be with elated, be like, but everything is just an experience. It's like, and now I get to experience this sad. And now I get to experience this anger. And now I get to experience this disappointed, but I'm not like, Oh my God, I'm sad. Get this away. Let me work through my reframe thing. So I can like, cause what I've realized is even that, even the reframe and the mindset stuff that I've done takes energy. It takes resource. And so now that I've, I've basically taken all that resource that I've been expelling out over all this time and it's just back in and that life force just keeps staying within. And I, my belief, I don't know this to be scientifically true, but my belief is that as I've brought this stuff in and as there isn't so much of this fighting something or trying to hold on to something, there's a lot more resource here to heal myself from the inside, uh, provide myself with insight and wisdom and, and overall just be this like magnet for life in a way that I've never been able to be before because I'm not meddling and messing around all the time. And so look for the next decade, I just feel like I'm going into it with this amazing foundation of, I just get to experience what is like, I get to experience the shifts of this with openness. And then that is honestly like one of the greatest things ever. I'm wondering if, um, I feel like now as I've gotten a little bit, you know, I'm, I'm only two and a half years younger than Elon. So we'll be having this conversation with me in no time flat as well. And then making jokes about French dips and Billy crystals and all that, will come back. all that will come back to haunt me later. I'm sure. But, um, uh, life and death seems more prominent to me now. In what like, way? 
Uh, because, uh, for example, uh, somebody that we went to high school with just, just passed away. Oh, wow. Uh, very recently. So, uh, the friend of mine, Lindsay from, from high school, a guy she dated for quite some time and went to prom with and stuff like that just, just passed away. I didn't know him well, but you know, like this is the reality, right? Like we're, we're getting to that age where it's like, there's going to be a lot more of that to deal with. It's not. And again, we're at that age where it's still shocking if somebody dies at this age, it's not, it's not natural. I mean, if it's a health thing, it's still a natural cause, but you know, like it, it could be sudden and stuff like that. Uh, even when we were down in the jungle, like, I, I don't know why, maybe for me, that's just where I am right now. And there are certain contemplations and things happening in my system. I've had a um, surge of, of like anger coming through my system and frustration and, and ways that I haven't experienced in quite some time. And at least not like this, like these kind of moments, <clears throat> but I agree with you. Like, it's weird to say to be in our position, like what we do for a living, you know, what we do for self-expression rather than what we do for a living and suddenly say, I don't really care how it all works, <laughs> you know, where it's like for 15 years, 20 years, I've, I've really cared about how it works. And while I still enjoy reading pieces on psychology and mindset and, you know, w what is it that they're learning about neuroscience and stuff like that, that's all well and good. But I, I also understand today that the people who are looking have most likely not gotten a taste of what we've gotten a taste of. And so they're still viewing everything from a, a level of mind that is seeking to explain this probably because that level of mind is trying to find safety. That's and right. so, and so it is framing and viewing that particular data in a certain way to shape it in a certain way to help people who still use that level of mind, right? I'm, I'm specifically talking about conditioned mind and linear thinking and stuff like that, where like what Elon and I are are, are playing with and stepping into more and more is like the, the multidimensional aspect of the human being. And that can be experienced, directly experienced every single day from, from your awareness, but you can't read about it in the book. And, and, it, and it often doesn't make a lot of logical sense. It's just these intense, sometimes intense, sometimes very ple pleasant, blissful experiences. And they just like, keeps on coming. And it's funny that, you know, you're, you're not funny, but you mentioned ayahuasca and it's like, I kind of realized my life is more and more becoming like an ayahuasca journey. Cause I remember when I first would do ayahuasca and like the data stream would just, it's like, you know, like, like all this, like so much data is coming out the system. And then you're like, all right, slow down. And then you get like this experience, like, like stops and you get this experience and data, data, data. But when I sit and meditate, it's becoming more and more like that. I was like quiet myself. My life is becoming this extraordinary data stream. And, and like you said, sometimes I spend very long periods of time feeling great. And sometimes I'm like, oh, this is interesting. I'm experiencing a ton of anger, or a lot of disappointment right now. And, and I, and I had this vision the other day where I was like in this place because there was like shaming and blaming happening in my system for what was going on. And I kind of had like, <laughs> it was almost like being an American idol. I had like you and Mandy and maybe like somebody else. And you know how, like when they're getting judged on American idol, but it, like in a way it was like, I had these like three mirrors in front of me and each one of you had a perception and it was like a perception of me. And for like a split second in time, I got to experience my anger from different perceptions. If that makes any sense. It was like, you guys yeah. were looking at me and I was looking at you looking at me. Does that make sense? And, and, I was. 
in whatever way it can make sense right but for like again it was like the split second where i was like oh like you can see this anger in so many different ways you can see this disappointment in so many different eyes and i and i like just kind of like use your avatars to like view myself and i got this data like that didn't make any fucking sense but there was um yeah so yeah it's very interesting what we're stepping into it's like hard for me to imagine another decade in this or is there something like five years from now this year who knows that's like another revelation whoa i had no idea and it just in the whole other process begins i don't know yeah i mean i think we have enough mentors and, and people in our lives to kind of see like the trajectory of where this goes um and obviously for each person to be very very different what what i'm noticing at least let's say in our business side of things right the people that are coming through the doors to work with us, be with us, um, are so different than the people that came. I mean, not even five years ago, like two years ago, right? Like just very, very different caliber people. And so again, just a, a good reminder and a marker that like, this is shifting and changing and bringing people through. The other thing that is, um, Paul Turo, remember, used to say, he's like, you want to know how well you're doing in life? Look at those, look at the people around you and like how yeah. well they're doing. And I just drove by so house today. <laughs> yeah. Like 30 people here, you know, these are like our, our closest, closest friends. And I'm looking around and everyone is happily married. Everyone has really, really good home life. Everyone is kicking ass in business. Like I'm looking around the room. We have like doctors and lawyers and business people and analysts and like people in government, like literally everything that you can imagine. Everyone is just, they're with their life partner. Yeah. They're working through stuff. Obviously like we're all working through stuff, but like everyone's fit, everyone's healthy. Everyone is smiling. Everyone's happy to be out. And I just sat there and I was like, these are my people. Like, and if, 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 if what he said is accurate and I can judge my well-being by this group that I'm around, like I've never been around a happier group of people, like every other group of friends that I know that there's this divorce couple and this couple fucking hates themselves. And it's like, I don't, it's just, I don't live around that. Yeah. And it's, it's just fantastic. And I'm not saying like I did that. I'm just saying like, it points to the work though, right? Like it points to the work, like all these people, whether they continued it or not at some point in their lives opened up the box for introspection, opened up the box for inquiry and whether you continue to do work or not, like that foundation, I think stays with everybody. And like, you're going to, you're going to at some level remain, even if it's slightly more curious than the person next to you, you're going to have a slight quote unquote advantage as you age for that exact reason, you're either fixed or kind of this growth mindset. There's an energetic stuff that goes along with that too. And you're not like, you never get to a place where you're like, there's, there's nothing I can do about this. Yeah. You know, like I, like honestly, like I, and just speaking for me, like I, I got really upset like a few days ago and it's been kind of lingering in my system and I can feel that same little boy that felt victim because what, what I really like got to this time is like, when I get upset and I'm uh, lashing out, what I feel like, the reason I feel like permission I can do that is because I feel like I'm the victim. Mm. 
Like I, I gen that is my genuine experience of the moment. It's like, I'm being bullied and this is how you deal with a bully. Wow. You, you stand your ground and you, and you, I'm about to start crying, but like you give them hell. You don't do, you don't let them run over you. And so mm-hmm. like, I, I never actually had, I never put that together before, which is weird. Yeah. Right. Like, cause it's always like, Oh, I'm the aggressor here, but I don't feel like the aggressor. I feel like I'm like, uh, it's a proper defensive response to the moment. And that was like, whew, okay, wow, that really flips that shit on his head. And, and instead of feeling bad about what I'm doing, I started feeling sympathy for the little boy inside that feels that's, that's scared in that moment of the, you know, the bully, even if the bully is not real. Um, I don't really know why I went down that road, but with it, but again, I'm just like, the point here is, is that like, <clears throat> I had a moment right before that insight where I actually genuinely felt, I'm like, there's nothing I can do about this. Like I can observe it, but like, I don't know, <laughs> like I, I, you, you don't go to like, a, I think it's ridiculous that we have like management, like anger management or anything like that. It's like, why do I want to manage the anger? That just seems so counterproductive to me, you know? Um, but it's like scary to experience. It's scary to, to have it sometimes. Um, and again, but again, it's like, that's, that's the point is like, I went from that, I think of like, it feels helpless to, Hey, no, I can just sit here and watch it these insights start coming and suddenly the opportunity was, it's like, Oh, I get to love the victim that I've never loved. Like it, I've kind of realized like that, that has been off the table. Like you don't get to feel that way. Yeah. You know, like that, that's like the, the, cause I think for me when I was depressed and suicidal, that was so what I lived in that anything that sniffs of that, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to go back there again. I like, I don't want to deal with the psychology. So I'm just not going to even placate it. But I think that's the interesting part is like, yeah, it's like it's so funny. <laughs> now I would just be like, "Hey, learn how to stay curious." Yeah, can you teach your body? Can you teach your mind? Can you teach your emotions how to remain curious even when you're feeling like absolute dog shit? Yeah. So uh, you were talking about <clears throat> um, friends, right? And obviously, like probably the most difficult part yes. is leaving, leaving community. So uh, I just kind of like walk me through what's going on with that for you. Like most years old. Yeah. Granted, granted, just just give context here, right? Like um, we've always been very fortunate, like for anybody who spent time in the Northeast and New York area, uh, like everywhere else, there's a certain kind of culture and society and whatnot. Um, And we, we were all doing a lot of personal development work together from a, a reasonably young age. And so we became somewhat aware. I don't want to say we were like super cognizant, but somewhat aware. And so there was a, a, a over the years as that became more prevalent in our peer group, there was a, a palpable difference between our peer group and a, a lot of what people saw. And, on, and honestly, simple things like we just didn't gossip. Like we didn't gossip at each other. We actually had like a no gossip rule. Like that was just, you know, if you had something to deal with with somebody, you just had a conversation with them, but like no gossip. And so when other people would be around our peer group, they would always be like, what's happening around here? Right. Yeah. And, and, that, and that's kind of how we like <clears throat> picked up certain people along the way, like an amoeba that had this kind of different energy that would just like scoop people up and like bring them into this world. And I remember that very distinctly, even when I was in my early twenties. And so I'm saying that because the, these people that Elon is leaving, who I left eight years ago uh, when I moved to California and also went through this kind of transition uh, are our family, um, you know, before, uh, before, Oh, I was watching the, um, this will work together, but the, I was watching the friends reunion on HBO yesterday, which I didn't think I was going to get sucked into, but I 
totally got sucked into. And and they were talking about that the premise of the show was the that part of your life where your friends are your family. Family. So, yeah, or your family. And so the show had to end when they had kids, which is how the show ends when they were like starting to have babies, because the moment you start having babies, your family becomes your family and your friends, you know, you kind of like leave that part of your life. But in a certain way, Elon has kind of kept this peer group going and this family group going. So it's a really tight knit group. And it's a it's a it's a really difficult situation as it is for anybody to leave, you know, peers. Uh, but yeah, I'm just curious, like, you know, how is that now? I'm sure it's hard to imagine. Yeah. So I guess it depends who you ask. Um, you know, we had we had like 30 people here and it was pouring rain all Memorial Day. So for the first time ever, we actually had the party inside. And so we put we built like a horseshoe uh, dining room table in the main fireplace room. So like we cleared out all the furniture and we just put like five huge tables. So we all got to sit together and have dinner together. And so people were getting up and saying toasts, some to me, some to Fanny and I, some to the house. It was just this really beautiful. And like, I think we cried basically every like five minutes uh, when someone got up to say something else. It was really, really moving. Um, this is This is what I said to them. I said, I think that... And, and Marcy kind of highlighted this for me like a while, while back with our grandparents. But she's like, there are constructs that we all have about what a relationship is, what a relationship looks like, um, especially when it comes to like time, distance, quality time, quantity of time. Like it's just this this rules that we make up like this is what a friendship needs to look like and you know you need to talk this many times on the phone and see them people this many times and i i feel like this move is in a way for everyone like all of our friends going to be this dismantling of a lot of those predetermined constructs of like what a friendship gets to look like, feel like, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, these aren't new friends like Eugene and I, he was here. We've been friends for 25 years. Leon and I have been friends for 20, 20 years. Like, you know, there's, there's people here that we have enough history and experience and, and whatever that like these relationships aren't going anywhere, you know? And so, I, what I offered is that we all get to explore newly what relationships can be like and what, what is a relationship. Um, and that's all something that I think we get to be curious about and explore. What I'm super excited about is, you know, like while I love the moments that we got to meet in New York city and go to a restaurant for a night out or, <laughs> you know, meet somewhere in a park for a few hours or whatever, like, that's probably not going to happen anymore. Right. But in lieu of that, now when I go to see someone, chances are like, I'm going to go to my best friend and we're going to sleep there for the week, or they're going to come to us to Florida and they're going to be with us for the week or five nights or whatever it is. And instead of this, like, Oh, you know, let's meet for dinner. It's like four five, six, seven days of just quality time being together. Yeah. And so in a selfish way, it's like, 
I would much rather spend a week with someone that I love than four hours with someone that I love every, you know, month or two months or whatever the hell it is. So yeah, like, you know, Leon said, like the thing he's going to miss is just like the fact that we get to meet on a Thursday morning and go play tennis. And like, we won't be able to do that. And I get that. Like that is sad for those two hours. Like we get to play and shoot the shit and blah, blah, blah. And the, the amount of quality time gets up leveled because it is so, I mean, even like for you and I, you know, when you left, it was honestly like probably the most painful thing. I just, I had to stop on the side of the road after dropping you off at the airport. I couldn't, I couldn't get myself together. Um, I remember. And we've in a way like refigured out what our relationship is. And we've luckily we get to work together. So we're like, we're in each other's lives constantly, which is amazing. I think a lot of people don't have that. And even beyond that, like we've always found ways to meet all over the world for like days upon days at a time, multiple times a year. And like, actually spend quality time with each other instead of just like, Hey, you want to whatever, like go out to dinner somewhere with a, you know, eight other people. It's like, yeah, it changes. It shifts. Um, I think we have an amazing crew that like, they're all dying to come visit us. They all come visit us there anyway. But yeah, it's, there's just sadness. I think right now, like I know the, the last weekend that we're here, we're going to stay at our friend's house, uh, when we sell the house or like when we relinquish the keys to the house. And I told my friend flat out, I was like, expect a lot of tears. Sure. Um, and I actually I don't know. Had, had, I had like a vision of you guys leaving the house this morning when I was meditating. And then I felt that deep, deep sadness. Like I know even, uh, mom and I were talking a few days ago, they were in, in Fairlawn. And they were like near the old house and I drove Mandy by there uh, two years ago too. And I remember like, I had this like deep longing to honestly go stand in the backyard and like, look at Jake's old house. Yeah. And then like, I thought about like knocking on the door and being like, Hey, uh, I know this is an odd thing. I'm like, but, like, can I go, to, can I go inside and go up to my room? Like that I used to have. And, and I, I, I started feeling that sadness again for that time of our lives. But that, that's, that's just part of, of being human. And, um, it, it does, also, it, yeah, okay. I feel, it does feel like energetically that part of your life was just tying up. It's so funny. Like you said, like nobody expected, it, but I, I, I had said, right. I'm like this, some, something here is going to move when, when, yeah, when things are like that, it, it's going to move. Um, there's also something to be said about we like the Ferdman's we, you, me, mom, dad, we've always opted for new experiences. We've always been great with change. We're not, we look for it. I mean, like you look at our life history. I mean, mom and dad have moved three countries already in their lives. And like every X amount of years, they just have a big move to like a different house, a different city, a different country. Like that's just, it's almost like programmed in, um, yeah. You know, I, I will just say like, uh, also from, from the work that we've been doing 
And it's interesting because Fanny felt it too. When people are like, why are you moving? This is the, the funny story. It's like, someone's like, oh my God, you're moving to Boca. Like, don't you love this? And don't you love that? And like, have you seen this? And I was like, I haven't even been to Boca. Like, I don't even know, I don't even know what's there. I don't know. I haven't, other than like driving the main strip, I don't know shit about Boca. So I get to go and explore. Like, I really don't know about the town. Everyone's told me it's fantastic. I'm excited to explore. Right. I, I fell in love with the community that we're moving into and this, this idea of a house and living outside and all that kind of stuff. But like, there's this piece about something pulling us to be there. And that's what I trusted. Like when I was in that place and we've all had this moments where it's like the bells are going off and something's like, pay attention, pay attention. It's a yes. And everything inside is like, yes to what? Like what the fuck do you want from me? This doesn't make any sense. It's like, take the check out, write the money. It's like, why, what am I doing? And it's like, don't, I'm not, I don't need to tell you this. Just trust me. And so we both felt this feeling like Fanny was signing the paperwork. It was like an out of body experience. She's like, what am I doing? Like, yeah. how is this happening? It's like, so it's, like, it's, like, it's like falling in love, right? It doesn't make any fucking sense. You're about to get into a relationship. You haven't thought about every aspect of what could go wrong or what could go right. You're just like, I know I want to be here with this person, hell or high water whatever. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, like we started walking that path and it's just like, when you're on the path, we say this all the time to our clients, like when you find your path and you begin to walk it, it's like the universe rolls out a red carpet for you because it's so excited that you're on it and that you listened to the deeper part of you. That's not the brain part. That's talked you out of every other thing that you've ever wanted to do, but like you actually listened and it's just like, this works and this person shows up and that thing happens. And this, it's like, you know, it's, it, I want to live more in that, you know, like to, to kind of put a bow on this, like, that's what I'm realizing. The more I get out of the way of trying to make things happen or manipulate things or like want things to look this way or that way, the more I've let all that go. And the more I just do the inner work and when something inside doesn't feel quite safe or it feels a little sad or upset or angry or whatever at the situation. I'm just like, Oh, this is, this is the time to just go and sit and be with that internal piece, whatever that piece that's being highlighted and give that piece what it's wanting because it's not wanting this person to go away or that thing to change. It doesn't care about any of that shit. It wants you to pay attention. And as I've learned to just pay attention, I get into these places of just deeper and deeper <laughs> levels of well-being. And from that, I just get to simply watch this unfolding. And that's what I'm excited most for. Like this, this new decade is just an unfolding in a way that I've never had this tools. I've never had this mindset. I never had this energetic stability and well-being. I've never felt so alive. It just, it's every, I'm like, I said to someone, I was like, 40 feels like the most exciting thing ever because not that this is the, like the benchmark, but like 
I have money, right? Like, so there's like stability there. I have the woman of my dreams and partner by my side. And we've done this for 13 years and like more in love than ever. I have amazing support around me. I have amazing friends around me. Like I just kind of feel there's like a feeling of settledness of like, I don't have anything to fucking prove to anyone. Like I'm just going to enjoy the ride. And it's a really fucking exciting feeling. Like if I had this when I was 20, man, but I guess like that's what you got to put in the work to get to this at 40. Um, but it feels really, really special and really, really exciting. And the idea that I get to like build this new decade in a different environment, um, and watch my kids grow up in this different environment is it's just really, really exciting. Yeah. And I think that is exciting. So what I hear is like stability, you know, like just stability is there. And so like stability doesn't matter where you are, what environment, like stability is there. Right. So what can, what can you build from stability? Cause everything that's been built up until now was not necessarily built with stability. It was trying to chase stability, not realizing right. that stability was going to be earned from within, not something garnered from without. And I think, you know, again, for your kids too, it's like an interesting period <clears throat> for you guys too. It's like, you know, the friends you've established relationships, you've established, you established an old energy mm-hmm. as, as amazing as those friendships are. And you're in this new place, like what gets pulled in when your, your energetic output is different. You're looking for different things right now in your life. Like, who you connect with, why you connect with them. It's like when you're a little kid and it's like your friends are based on whether they had super Nintendo or like Nintendo or Genesis or like, you know, the game they played. And then like you get older and you're like, this kid's an idiot. Why am I friends with this person? Cause they have super yeah. Nintendo. And then your high school, like your peer group changes and college, your peer group changes, right? It's like, it, you're always kind of establishing it at a different place. But again, in a fixed mindset, it's like you, you keep people around you that sometimes are rather poisonous to you or, you know, not in alignment with you anymore. And so it is interesting. I think there's certainly like just from having moved myself at an age where I was super aware of it and now watching some friends move to like Austin and stuff and like seeing the challenges is like, you forget what it took to establish that quality of relationship with somebody like you know, uh, loyalty and trust is earned through hard moments in life and seeing who's around and who supports you and stuff like that when, when is there, but you know, maybe it's different now because we're in a place where we asked for more support before it was like, show me that you're going to support me. Now it's more like, Oh yeah, shit, I got to remember to ask you to support me. And so, you know, like I think East coast, West coast, like loyalty is a very East coast trait. Believe it or not. I mean, I, I'm not saying there's no loyalty in California, but it's like that, like ride or die shit is, is seems like a very East coast thing where over here people are like, I'll just go with the flow, like whatever. Um, and, and so a little bit of me has missed that, um, piece of it, but at the same time, it's kept me exploring certain things in myself that I probably wouldn't have had that always been there. Um, so, you know, everything, everything's got, uh, give and take, like you said. And I think for you, if I could tell you anything, like knowing how you've been about, reaching out to people and stuff like that. Now that's not a given anymore. Like you have to consciously choose that. Like, uh, I noticed that too, like people that I really long for and I've wanted to establish those relationships. I'm like now really looking like who do, you know, who do I really want to talk to on a regular basis? And I'm, I'm reaching out a lot more to those people, even some that I I love and I'm trying to reestablish some of those connections where that becomes more of a habit for both of us to like reach out. But before it was always like, oh, they got to do it. Now I'm like, 
you know what? No, like I will create that habit between the two of us, yeah. um, you know, whether they choose to or not. And uh, that's what I would just say. You know, like if, if the, that's important to you, like, you know, that, that step is going to be important to you too. It's really interesting. Cause even when I was in Florida for like two months, uh, certain friends here that I'm like really close with, I was like, so missing them and like, so wanting to share certain experiences that I actually found myself like calling them multiple times. And I was like, Oh, this is different. Like I don't call them when we're here. Yeah. Like at all. Um, yeah, it's, I'm like, I know there's going to be transitions. I know there's going to be things that are going to like upset me. I know there's things that are going to excite me. I know there's, I'm just honestly at a place where like, Again, like, and now this, you know, like, and now upset and now frustration and now being really pissed off and now being really blissful. Like, I'm just like, okay, it's just going to be an experience. And I am so grounded in that I can be with any fucking experience. I have a dream team of people to support me. I have an amazing family. I have amazing friends. Like, I, I, yeah, I just feel so stable and grounded in in knowing all of that that like yeah, here's to the next decade. That's beautiful. So I say we we start wrapping it up there. And and for those of you guys who are listening, will listen at any point in time. Uh, just so you know, um, you know everything that we're talking about here, Elon's sharing. It's these are personal experiences, and and honestly, I hope you kind of get the the wow of it because like three four years ago to be having the conversations from where we're having the conversations. Like you could say this stuff and think about it and hope for it. But like uh, everything Elon's sharing here, these transitions, the stability is all a reflection of the work that we get to do here at Satori prime. Um, and, And it's like, when we see the work that we do here at Satori prime, it's this is the work that Elon and I are doing internally. The, the, the self-expression, what Satori Prime is, is a self-expression of, of those lessons and that wisdom and those experiences that we get to share because that's the best part of life is like, is like deeply sharing what, what you care about with others, right? We are in a very fortunate position, you know, yes, for all the friends that are doctors and lawyers, it's amazing, but like, I, I don't know, maybe for some of them that is their self-expression and that's the means to their life. But for a lot of people, even though you're in a great profession, you may not get to experience what that's like to serve from your heart. And so I want to invite you guys, because if you, if you enjoy this conversation, if you want to start getting tastes and these levels of transformation, stability, well-being in your system, it's why we hold live events. And we've transitioned this model to make it uh, a lot more accessible for people. Um, as of this filming, there's one event coming up in two days, but you can go to this website at any time and just look for when the next event is going to be. So if you guys head over to satoriprime.com uh, forward slash live, uh, you can get uh, tickets to our next live event that comes with some uh, training. You can take advantage of instantaneously. So the moment you buy a ticket, we'll send you uh, membership access to some of the training that we have been uh, intensely doing for five years. Um, and you want to watch that before you come to the uh, the one day intensive with us where we start giving you the, the actual um experiences and direct tastings of some of these frequencies and stabilizing a much higher level of awareness practices that, that most people just don't have access to. So again, if you're watching this, you're inspired, you want to get a taste of that. Uh, we really welcome you to 
come and uh, sit with us for a day, see what it's all about. If it's not for you, we have a uh, full, satisfa so full satisfaction money back guarantee. Um, but our intention is always to completely not just be like, oh, that was interesting. It's like, knock your fucking socks off. So come get your uh, socks knocked off. Uh, come see what this level of stability and well-being can taste like for you. Um, thank you guys for uh, listening here as always and your attention. We love you very much. And we'll see you at the next episode. Take care, everybody. Thanks, Thanks, for, Thanks for sharing. Love you. Appreciate you. Thank you, dear one, for choosing to share a bit of your day with us. We value you greatly. And as a way to give back and help you to deepen these practices, we want to invite you to join our incredible community on Facebook. You can do so easily by going to joinoldsouls.com and ask for an invite. This is our private community where old souls and seekers are able to grow and share their journey with others. We hold exclusive weekly live streams, we answer your personal questions, and offer valuable insights that we won't be able to share here on the podcast. So again, just head to joinoldsouls.com and grab your invite today. And as always, if you enjoy this podcast, please head to iTunes and leave us a review. It's the only way other people can find this show. So if it's making a difference in your life, please share the love. Until we meet again, have an amazing week, dear one.